Hi there and welcome. The First Christian Church podcast ministry features the teaching and preaching of the First Christian Church in downtown Roseburg, Oregon. Here's today's message. Christ has no body but yours. No hands, no feet on earth but yours. Yours are the eyes with which he looks with compassion on this world. Yours are the feet with which he walks to do good. Yours are the hands with which he blesses all the world. Yours are the hands, yours are the feet, yours are the eyes. You are his body. Christ has no body now but yours. No hands, no feet on earth but yours. Yours are the eyes with which he looks with compassion on this world. Christ has no body now on earth but yours. And that was written by St. Teresa of Avila, who happened to live from 1515 to 1582 AD. I put the words to this poem on a birthday card for my dad's 95th birthday last year. My parents, Dan and Esther Burris, uh, are veteran missionaries, and then later dad became uh, the missions professor at Puget Sound Christian College. I went on to write uh, these words to my father. You have been an example of this poem throughout my life. You have inspired me to follow up on your missionary efforts. First, first to honor you and, and mom, and then to realize that I'm also the hands and feet of Jesus. I love you and hope to bring more fruit from your legacy, Donna. You see, I grew up on the mission field in Africa, and now I'm serving on the board of directors for the umbrella organization, Hippo Valley Christian Mission, actually oversees the mission station uh, that I grew up on. So really, my mission talk this morning is also my own story, and our theme, Be My Witness, and the scripture that we are focusing on today is found in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. If you would turn there with me in your Bibles. The context, Jesus is about to ascend to heaven after his resurrection appearance, uh, appearances and has, uh, you know, to be honest, I think his, his disciples are rather stunned and confused. Uh, he's told them that he will be leaving, but they are to stay in Jerusalem and wait for the Holy Spirit. Uh, you can see this, that they're still confused and they're questioning him when they say, Lord, uh, is this the time that you will restore the kingdom to Israel? Jesus replies, it is not for you to know the times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority. Isn't that the hardest? You have a close relationship with the Lord. Um, you think you've, you've heard him give you a call you've been called and then you um you just you're ready to get going and and then you realize that he's telling you wait so that happened to us three years ago didn't it darren i visited you all here in february 2020 and i was working with darren uh, we were putting together a short-term mission trip to zimbabwe uh, we were all all excited uh, we felt called uh, it looked like all systems were go. 
And then uh, we'd even, you know what, we'd even bought our plane tickets. And then uh, March 2020 rolled around. Do you remember what happened in March 2020? <laughs> COVID. COVID. Uh, we had to cancel all of our plans. We had to go through this total mess just to try to get our plane tickets refunded. Um, you know, there's sometimes when you just have to lean into Jesus' words, uh, when, when you don't understand and you hear him say, it is not for you to know the times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority. You know what? That's actually a huge relief to me. Uh, when I lean into Jesus and seek him and his word, you know, I don't have to figure it all out. Uh, I just have to remain faithful. Which leads us to our theme verse in Acts uh, 1, verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, Samaria and to the ends of the earth. What is so profound about this uh, passage was that these were the very last words that Jesus said to his disciples. The very next verse in verse 9, it says, when he had said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. So I'm going to unpack this passage uh, this morning in light of my own story, and I'm going to weave in uh, my history as a missionary kid growing up in Africa uh, going back to help the current mission effort going on in Zimbabwe, as well as I hope, uh, I hope to give you some takeaways and maybe inspire and in encourage you in your own uh, Christian journey this morning. If you think of it like the spokes of a wheel, with Jerusalem being in the center, and then you have Judea, Samaria, and finally the ends of the earth. What is your Jerusalem? What is your Judea? What is your Samaria? What is your ends of the earth? You know, Samaria was the place that those from Jerusalem didn't want to go. So it's like, Lord, send me anywhere, but don't, you know, don't send me to Samaria. Um, I would venture to guess that uh, you would say that your Jerusalem was Roseburg, Oregon. That's where you live. And uh, maybe you expand that out to the rest of the United States. And for us in this geographic location, I would say the ends of the earth is probably Africa. <laughs> Another way of looking at it might be in concentric circles out of your comfort zone. What are you most familiar and comfortable with? Where might God be asking you to stretch and maybe even get a little uncomfortable? in order to be his witness to the world. For me, in this season of my life, it has been to go back to the mission where I grew up and to love on a little tribe of people that live in the southeastern part of Zimbabwe. Uh, both under the umbrella of Hippo Valley Christian Mission, which oversees the mission station where my, my parents served, but also to expand my own horizons uh, from that mission station, my Jerusalem, out uh, with all the other work that we have going today in, uh, under Hippo Valley Christian Mission. And I'm going to do a little bit of throwback uh, slideshow here. <laughs> Don't you love pictures of uh, a long time ago? <laughs> My family went to the mission field in 1969, and I was eight years old. I'm the little one out in front there. 
It was a productive time of ministry. I'd say, you know, I'd say my parents were great missionaries. And we were having a big impact for the gospel. Then suddenly the Revolutionary War in that country forced us to evacuate. My dad, Dan Burris, became the missions professor at Puget Sound Christian College. My parents uh, had been able to go back uh, a few times, a handful of times through those subsequent years. Uh, and they were pleased to find that the church was, was still going strong, uh, even through periods of persecution. And the gospel message, the witness we read about in Acts 1-8, remained faithful. The seed that had been planted continued to grow. Fast track to about six years ago, I saw some pictures that happened uh, to pop up on Facebook. And it was a, a mission team that had gone out to the mission station where I'd grown up. You know, I was so consumed with Facebook. You know how you can use your fingers and make those pictures bigger, and I'm just like looking at every little detail and uh, looking at my childhood home. But what stopped me up short, uh, I saw a building that was in ruins. Uh, it had been the clinic, the medical clinic that my dad had built. And it so moved my heart, I decided to do something about it. Uh, I stepped way out of my comfort zone and started speaking and fundraising to rebuild that clinic. And that's when I, I met you all in 2018. I was on the schools of mission and stopped by here. And uh, thank you, thank you to dear folks like you who responded. Um, four years ago, we were able to uh, dedicate that clinic. And now is, there's a bright, shiny new plaque uh, in dedication to my parents, Dan and Esther Burris. Uh, so doing this project, at first, you know, really my focus was um, uh, honoring my parents. And caring, you know, caring for the work, caring about the work that uh, they had dedicated so much of their life to. But somewhere along the way, it became my mission and my passion, too. And I remember sitting up in those VIP seats about ready to get up and speak uh, at the clinic dedication. It, it was just like this surreal moment. My mom and dad should be sitting here. Um, in this chair. That's always the way it had been. But the Lord spoke into my heart and said, this is your work now. This is how I do it. One generation trains up the next generation. This is your time now. So I sat up a little straighter in my chair and I owned it. The baton had been passed. And on, uh, on the left of that picture, uh, my niece, Jen, I've been taking her back every year with me. And I'm trying to pass the baton on to that next generation as well. What I love, um, what I love about uh, Hippo Valley Christian Mission is this holistic approach to missions. We reach the mind, the heart, and the body. We, we really do try to be the hands and feet of Jesus, like that poem that I read to you earlier. I've already mentioned our medical ministry, the clinic that was rebuilt, and we have two fully staffed clinics, and we're under uh, the supervision of Mashoko Christian Hospital in Zimbabwe. We have a fully active medical ministry happening. Uh, besides the rebuilding of, of that clinic and, and the medical part, I'm also pleased to tell you that the gospel, the gospel is alive and well in south, southeastern Zimbabwe. Goho rechuru in the Shona language means harvest of a thousand souls. And uh, it was an, an aggressive statement that we made uh, that our, our focus is first and foremost 
evangelism. And it was a goal we set. We set a goal of 1,000 in the calendar year of 2022. We came so close. As of December 31st, we reached 977. <laughs> but you know, I'm not disappointed. I mean, if I do my math, that's like 23 short of the 1,000. You know, I am not disappointed. What is a number? Uh, you and I have 977 new brothers and sisters uh, that the angels are rejoicing over in, in Zimbabwe. So evangelism is, is alive and well. The gospel is alive and well. Our schools are doing fantastic. I'm pleased to announce that we have just opened our 28th school a couple of weeks ago. We have over 20,000 students under our care in these 28 schools. We teach Bible in a school every day and also have, um, we have after-school Bible clubs called Living Proof. And if you'd like to know more about that or uh, perhaps even spon uh, interested in sponsoring a child to our after-school club, uh, please see me out at the, the display table after church. These children are growing and learning in an environment that is pointing them to Jesus Christ. Hippo Valley Christian Mission also has entered into a, a partnership this last year with our Bible College in the capital city of Harare, formerly known as Zimbabwe Christian College. The college has been renamed Central Africa Christian College, and this is in the hope that uh, we will be reaching the surrounding African nations. We don't just want to concentrate on Zimbabwe. We've got big plans. We want to reach the other nations surrounding there, Botswana, South Africa, um, all the uh, Zambia, all the other surrounding nations, Mozambique. And we want uh, to have students come from those nations and uh, to come to Central Africa Christian College. And we're also starting to work on getting accreditation for a four-year uh, degree. Right now they have a three-year, what would we would probably consider a Bible certificate. So hopefully if we get accreditation, uh, they would be comparable to, like, say, Boise Bible College that you support. They'd have that four-year degree. We have an orphan ministry in Zimbabwe. Uh, Jesus said, take care of the orphans. And we are doing that. I think, I think we're doing it very well. My husband, Steve, and I sponsor a little girl pictured here. Uh, she was abandoned in a basket at four weeks old at a busy bus stop. And she's going to be six years old coming up in April. And she, along with all the other children in what we call our children's village, are thriving. Some of the children have come from terribly abusive backgrounds and are assigned to us as a place of safety. Yet there's this palpable spirit of love and joy in this beautiful setting because of our commitment to be Jesus' witness to the end of the earth, to the least of these. When we talk about the concept of the ends of the earth, let me tell you a story about a place called Melalezi. I remembered going there as a child. My dad uh, was one of the out, outposts that my dad would um, sometimes travel to. And uh, when I was a little girl, it, it seemed like a long ways away, Melalezi. But you know when you grow up, you go back somewhere, it's sometimes not as big as you thought it was or as far as you thought it was. Um, 
Well, let me tell you, Melalazy really is a long way away. <laughs> uh, we drove and drove uh, on terrible roads. And then we kept driving, even when it looked like to me that the road had sort of disappeared. And I started to get worried that we were going to have to get out and maybe change a flat tire. Or, uh, and then even, even then we had to get out and hike further. Uh, Melalazy is at the end of the earth. I told my dear uh, college friend, Holly Owen Fader, uh, she came with me last year on, on the trip and when we visited out at Melalazy and did a survey trip. She said, I'm gonna give you a deep dive cultural experience. I'm gonna throw you in the deep end of the pool. This is gonna be like your nice little mission trip where you, know, you visit pre-assigned places and you get your Kodak moment and then you go on a safari and see the animals and then you come home. Uh, we went to the ends of the earth and uh, we were able to do kind of a survey around the area of Melalazy. Uh, we found out that a Western person had not been in that area in 40 years. Uh, talk about being a witness to the ends of the earth. Melalazy felt like that. Uh, there, amazingly, there still is a church that is meeting there, and, and we're making plans. Uh, we're going to take a team next year from Highline Christian Church in Seattle, and we're going to hold a revival out at Melalazy. Uh, that'll be next June if you want to keep us in your prayers. Being a witness to the ends of the, of the earth, uh, I have to tell you, it's not always easy. Uh, I must be honest, uh, what I have been doing and going back uh, to the mission where I grew up in Zimbabwe has sometimes been costly. But I do it for the Lord and I do it with joy. The thing is about being a witness to the ends of the earth, it will cost you but it will also bless you. The first time I got back into the country in, in 2021, after everything had gotten shut down by, by COVID, and I, I got back in there, loving on the people, um, my circle of, of friends that I, that I had there, um, we all came down with COVID. And that was back in the days of Delta, and it was really before there was a lot of uh, medical understanding or help available as there is today. And uh, I actually have had long COVID. I have some damage to my lungs. And um, when I cough, I sound like I've smoked for years and I don't smoke. And, uh, you know, amongst my friends that we got sick, uh, we, we lost a dear friend. And I had to quarantine for 14 days. And I'm in a foreign country and I have to go into quarantine. And um, I'm, I'm like just on the cusp of needing to go to the hospital myself and manage to kind of stay out of, of having to go into a medical facility. Um, it will cost you. It's a cost that you have to the count, count the cost. And um, I think that time, the reentry back to the States after having been over there was probably the hardest I've ever experienced in terms of um, just emotionally, mentally going through a really difficult transition back to the United States from having been over there. It will cost you, but it will also bless you. Here's the challenge that I want to give to you this morning. Is there something that the Lord has been laying on your heart? You know that little nudging that you get to be, to be a witness in your neighborhood or further afield, in your comfort zone or outside of it? Maybe up till now, you've, you've been content with letting others go, and that's okay. Maybe there, you had a lot of really good reasons. Uh, maybe you don't think that you're capable 
for the task. But I ask you again, is the Lord nudging you to step up and be his witness to a hurting world? Be prepared to be stretched outside your comfort zone. It will cost you, but it will bless you. In closing, I want to tell you about the revival that we, we held the, uh, at the mission where I grew up just on my last trip this last June. So after an exhausting three days of calling and meetings and feasting and singing and dancing, the call went out that we're going to hike down to the river for baptisms. It brought back so many memories from my childhood. I actually used to be part of the advance party, kids that went down there and checked for crocodiles before we could hold the baptism. I stood on the bank of that muddy river with tears just streaming down my face as one after another went forward to be buried with Christ in Christian baptism. A total of 35 people that day. 35 people were baptized. I just want to run uh, this video for you. can I say thank you? Thank you for helping us to take the gospel message to the ends of the earth. Thank you, First Christian Church in Roseburg, Oregon, for helping Hippo Valley Christian Mission be a witness to the far reaches of the world, to Zimbabwe. I close in prayer. Lord, help us to get more, uh, more comfortable being uncomfortable. More confident being uncertain. We don't want to shrink back just because something isn't easy. Lord, widen our boundaries to make room for the area in between I can't and I can. May we take your words truly to heart to go to the ends of the earth, to be a witness to your love and mercy and grace and joy, most of all, your redeeming love, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
I want to read Acts 1 verse 7 again that Donna highlighted. And then we're just going to set our hearts on um, our response to what God is asking of us. The disciples have just asked him, is it time for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? And he said, the father alone has the authority, authority to set these times and dates. They're not for you to know. And I was thinking as Donna was sharing um, that it costs us, that oftentimes it costs us our ability to control dates and times. That a sincere, wholehearted faith really is about letting go of control. And as I was sitting and I was listening, I was thinking to myself, what are the areas in my life that I need to let go control of? And I stopped thinking about it because I don't like thinking about that. Because we want to control the dates and the times. We want to control the elements in our life. We desperately want to control what happens next, and we desperately want to control. And oftentimes when I'm in a store, the reason I don't pay the cost for something is because I believe it's too expensive. I believe it's too expensive. And the reason I put back something is because I believe it's too expensive. And I fear in my heart the reason why I don't pay the cost sometimes when it comes to my faith is because I'm perceiving it to be too expensive of a cost. What are we willing to let go control of in pursuit of a wholehearted faith? I think it's appropriate on Sundays we try to craft our services in such a way that help you respond to how God is leading. And if you're like me through the course of the week or through the course of the day, there's not a lot of silence. We fill our days and our times with sound and with distraction. So we get into our car and we turn the radio on and we get home and the TV goes on or the music goes on and all of our different elements of our life, there's always noise. And I think it might be appropriate today for just a moment for us to just sit in the solitude and the silence of this moment and to ask God to reveal in our own hearts what is the area of our life we need to let go control of. What's the area of our life we just need to surrender to Jesus and say, Lord, would you take this part of my heart that I want to control in an effort for my faith to be more profound than it is today? So with that, let's bow for a word of prayer, and then we're going to sit in the silence for a few moments. Uncomfortable as it might be, this is as safe a place as any where we get to sit in the silence and embrace the reality and the presence of who God is. Father, as we consider this truth that you alone control, you alone have the authority to set dates and times. Father, would you cause in us a, um, an honesty in our own heart when it comes to the areas of our life we desperately want to control? And as we count the cost in our own faith, Lord, would we surrender that area to you? So whatever area that we desperately are trying to control, the relationships, the finances, the emotions, whatever it might be, 
the areas in our life we're desperately trying to control, would we surrender those today? So in the silence of this moment, would you cause us to honestly reflect and to courageously respond to how you're talking to us? Thank you so much for listening to this week's message. If you made a decision for Christ or would like prayer with someone from our church family, we would love to connect with you. You can message us on Facebook by searching Roseburg First Christian Church, or you can email us directly at roseburgfcc at gmail.com. In addition, if you're listening to this message on Apple or Spotify, we invite you to like, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast and share it on social media so others can be blessed as well. God bless you and have a beautiful day.